today. And we're just going to dive right in. If you got a copy of God's Word, it uh, doesn't matter if you got a, a Bible, maybe it's on your phone, your app, whatever. I want you to open your Bible, and it's easy to find today. It's easy to find, okay? The book of Revelation. All right, so go ahead, just open that bad boy to the back. I mean, you can even open up to the maps and just take a left, okay? It's all you need to do. Revelation chapter 7, and we're just going to read two verses today. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. And and here's what I want to do as you're getting there, as you're turning there. The words are going to be up on the screen behind me in just a second. Um, But I don't know if you were there yesterday um, yesterday or not, but I just want to give a shout out. To everybody that made the world's largest Easter egg hunt everything it was yesterday. Can we give them a round of applause? Man, everybody that came. And it was stinking cold, wasn't it? Holy cow! It's, uh, spring is awesome, isn't it? Are you loving spring? It was tank top weather yesterday. It's cold, man, and you came in the cold. I looked up yesterday. Did you know that Easter is on April 20th next year? How do you get on that committee? Those people hold power who's picking when that falls. Anyway, but man, some of you guys, you came, you gave eggs. We had over 10,000 eggs yesterday at Perry County Park. You came, it was cold. You filled eggs yesterday. You scattered them all over the park. Some of you made cotton candy and popcorn until you're just disgusted with cotton candy and popcorn. Like it's still on you and you will never get it off ever in your life. All right? And, and, but I'm telling you, it, it was what it was yesterday. We had hundreds, hundreds of people at Perry County Park, and that was everything that it was because so many of you stepped up and played your part. That's what it was. It was you stepped up and played your part. And, and I don't know if you realize this or not. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but every single thing we do as a church happens because many of you step up and play your part. How many of you are thankful for the band this morning? Anybody thankful for our worship team? I think they're world-class. I think they're awesome. I love them, man. They're so awesome. I love the men and women that make up our worship team. But did you know they didn't just walk out here 15, 20 minutes ago, and in their heads they said, here's what we're playing, and then they just did it. Did you know that? There was work that went into everything you just saw. They got here early this morning. We planned this out weeks ago. There's practice that went into this. And what we just experienced happened because they played their part. Uh, Volunteers, our Summit Kids volunteers. Our Summit Kids volunteers, world class. We need more Summit Kids volunteers right now because there's so many kids. But I'm telling you what they do every week, what happens with your kids every week, a safe, fun environment where they can learn about Jesus happens because they play their part. How many of you were excited that one of our guest service volunteers, this didn't happen for everybody, so don't get bitter and angry, all right? But was anybody excited that we had some guest service volunteers, took some umbrellas in the parking lot, walked people in this morning? That's awesome. You guys are killing it. But I'm telling you, the only reason that happened, only reason that happened, because they played their part. They played their part. In, they played their part. In fact, while I'm just on this uh, note right here, if you're here at Summit, you want to know a great way to get plugged in, you should flip your connection card over. And I'm of the conviction that if you're here, you've got a pulse, you should serve here at Summit. I mean, hey, you're here. Why not check a box and get on the team? But what happens here happens because everybody plays their part. And see, even if you believe in God or, or not, doesn't matter where you're at spiritually, that's true in every realm of life, isn't it? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter what sphere of influence you're in, what your job is, what happens in your day-to-day happens because everybody plays 
apart. You're a CEO, you're a manager, your business just had a great successful quarter, or last year was a great success for your business. That happened. Why? Everybody played their part. Your, your team wins the national championship. Your team pulls out a great win. This is a sensitive subject because Kentucky's not in the tournament. Can I do this? Is it too soon? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but your team pulls it out. What happens? Everybody plays their part. There might be some standouts, but behind the standout is somebody else playing their part. With every Michael Jordan, there's a Scottie Pippen in the church said amen. Right? I praise God. Everybody plays their part. And see, what we're doing today, we're really doing two things. We're, we're wrapping up our series, Lift Up. And, and man, I hope this has been a challenging uh, series for our church. It's been a series on worship. Three weeks on worship. Every week we've a- asked a different question. And the first week we asked the question, what are you lifting up now that will matter a hundred years from now? And last week we asked the question, What's your motivation? And we saw that our motivation as a church and as people needs to be our love for Jesus Christ. And so every week has been a different question as we're thinking about worship. And so today, one of the things we're doing, we're wrapping up this series, but we're also getting ready for next week because next week is, starts with an E, ends with Easter, I guess. Easter, right? How's it go? What's next week? Easter. Is that right? E, A, never mind, never mind. Never mind. You know, I, I didn't do well in school, obviously. But next week's a big week. Next week is Easter. Next week you are going to bring people. Next week many people are going to get saved. It is going to be an amazing week next week. And so we're wrapping up a series, but we're getting ready for what God is going to do next week. And I think that both of them go together. I think that worship and what's in front of us, the opportunity that's ahead of us as a church this week, I think both go together. And I want you to see that from an unlikely place, but hopefully by the end you'll see, oh, this is why we're here. This is what we're doing today. I want you to see this from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. And we're just going to read these two verses. And before we read them, I want to set the stage so that it makes sense to you, if you're familiar with the back, uh, the Bible or not. The book of Revelation is written by John. John was a disciple of Jesus. In fact, your Bible has the Gospel of John and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John all by the same guy. And what happened is, John is arrested for preaching about Jesus. And his sentence, his punishment, if you will, is John is sentenced to spend the rest of his life and die alone, isolated, on an island called Patmos. And so, John is on this island, and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. And Jesus shows up and he gives John the vision that makes up the book of Revelation. And what happens in the two verses that we're about to read, John is given the ultimate sneak peek. And and John sees into the future when every single person, man, woman, and child, who's ever had a relationship with Jesus, he sees into the future and he sees them in heaven worshiping Jesus. He sees them in heaven and what they will be doing for all of eternity. So when John sees what we're about to read, he saw you, Christian. He saw me. We're we're in these two verses. And Jesus comes and he gives John this vision of what God's people will do for all of eternity. So let's read these two verses, all right? Look at this, Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. It just simply says this. After this, I, I is John. After this, I looked. And behold, a great multitude that no one could number 
from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. you got your own Bible. You should underline that. That's awesome. That's huge. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb. So here are billions and billions of people. You're not able to get a head count on these people. And they're from every tribe, nation, language, all over the world, from all points in history, all there before God's throne. Watch this clothed in white with palm branches in their hand and crying out with a loud voice. We talked last week, heaven's going to be loud, church should be loud, amen? Like I would have said that, loud. Let's pretend that never happened, let's do it one more time. Heaven's going to be loud, church's going to be loud. Hallelujah, glory. All right, loud, loud, this is what we're saying. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and also to the Lamb. And so John gets this image. And it's an image where you're at. It's an image where I'm at. It's an image where every person that's ever given their life to Jesus Christ, it's an image where we're at. And so it's an image of God's people in eternity before God, on God's on His throne, and we're all before God, and what are we doing? Worshiping. We're worshiping. For all of eternity, we're going to worship Jesus. Did you know that? For all of eternity, heaven is going to be one long worship session. I don't think it's going to be all singing, but listen, there's going to be a lot of singing. There's going to be a lot of shouting. It's going to be loud. And if that sounds boring to you, listen, you just need to check your knowledge of God. Because when we're there in Jesus' presence, listen, and we look at him, we will never exhaust everything that Jesus is worthy of to be worshipped about. Did you know that? Like, there's never going to be a point in heaven where you and I look at each other and we say, dude, I'm running out of stuff to sing. Like, I'm, like we, I'm running out of stuff to say, bro. We said that thing a thousand years ago. Remember, I'm running out of material. It's never going to happen because God is so big, our minds can't even comprehend. And so when we're there with him, we'll never run out of reasons to worship. Never run out of reasons to worship. So you need to know what we're doing right here is training for that. Did you know that? Like, like when we're in heaven, our worship band is going to be on the stage, and it's going to be, wow, awesome, and the light show is kicking, because we saw last week, there's no sun, there's no lights. What's the lights? The glory of God. So just strobes all the time. That's how it is. And just, they're wailing, and they're killing it. Faces are melting off. Jesus! That's what heaven's like. That's heaven, all right? It's going to be awesome going to be awesome. I know somebody from Eastern Kentucky at some point in eternity is going to go, free bird! It's going to happen. Let's just accept it and prepare our hearts for that moment, okay? It's going to be an awesome time, but this is training for that. Did you know that? Wouldn't that be crazy if that really happened? Um, that'd be so funny. But this is training for that moment. Did you know that? Like, like every week what we do is boot camp for heaven. It's just training for what we do for all of eternity. And, and so I knew that God wanted us to end this series with these two verses, with this picture in front of us. But I just want to step back. And, 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 and I don't know if you can tell from my sermons, but I'm, I think some weird stuff when I read the Bible. I don't know if you ever pick up on that. Um, but I was reading over this, and, and the question that came to my mind, knowing that we were wrapping up Lift Up today, and we were also getting ready for Easter. I read this, and I just thought of this question. I, I think that God might have laid this question on my heart, and I just had this image of 
Thousands, multitudes, you and I, if, we're, if you're a Christian, we're, we're worshiping Jesus. And the question that came into my mind was, how did we get there? Like I, I, like, I get what's going on, but how do all of these people from all over the world, from all points in history, how did they, how did we get before the throne of God worshiping Him for all of eternity? How did we get there? And see, listen, listen, listen. I know the theological answer to the question. I know that the theological answer is that God saved us. Jesus has entered our lives. He's turned our hearts, our worlds upside down, and we'll never be the same. I know the theological answer, but can I just ask it a different way? See, because God, you should write this down, because some of you, this is a principle you need to learn about the way God works. God always uses means to accomplish his ends. Let me say that one more time. God always uses means to accomplish his ends. So if you want your house clean, it doesn't magically happen, what do you have to do? Some of you look confused. You have to clean your house. Now I'm not even touching it. You, right? You have to do some things. If, you want, if that's the goal, some stuff has to happen to meet the goal. If you want to grow spiritually, it doesn't accidentally happen. You've got to do some things to grow spiritually. You've got to get dedicated in church. You probably need to get on the team and serve. You probably need to get, need to get into God's Word on a regular basis. We could go on and on and on, but there are means to the end. God always uses means to accomplish His ends. What God wants to do, God always uses someone, something, to pull it off and accomplish the goal. So, so how did these people get to the throne of God? How did you and I get to where we're worshiping Him for all of eternity? What is it that God used to get us there? And here's the answer. Somebody, we don't know their names, we don't know what they do for a living, we don't know what they do for fun, but somebody stepped up and played their part. There are people before the throne of God from every tribe and tongue and language and nation, and you're there, and I'm there. And what God used to get them there is someone that was just willing and made themselves available to God to, to play their part. Someone invited them to church. Someone told them about Jesus. Somebody gave in a church service so that somebody else could go to a tribe that spoke a language that they might never learn, but God used them to play a part so that somebody else could go and an entire tribe and village meets Jesus Christ. Why? Because somebody played their part. Christian, listen to me. If you're there at this scene before the throne worshiping God, if you're here today in a seat and you've met Jesus Christ, somebody played their part in your life. God used somebody. I don't know who it was. Maybe you know. Maybe you don't know. And if you know who it was, then you need to send them an email. You need to text them. You need to call them. You need to say, thank you for playing your part. But God used somebody in your life to play their part. In fact, let me just prove that that's true. If you're here today and somebody played their part, God used somebody in your life. Maybe it was an invite to church. They shared the gospel with you. Somebody played a part in your life, and God used them to change your life forever. If that's you, would you raise your hand? My hand is up. Someone has played their part. Look, hands all over the room. Somebody played their part in your life. And see, here's what I know. There's a lot of people here today 
Here's what I know. I know that there's somebody that you go to school with that's hurting. I know that there's somebody that you work with, their marriage is falling apart, and they've got a lot of questions. And you, you might feel like you don't know the answer to all of their questions, but you know the person that is the answer to all of their questions. Do you get the difference? Do you get, right? Your applause just say you get the difference. There's somebody in your life that you know that needs to be invited to church next week. There's somebody in your life that you know that you need to go and you need to tell them about Jesus this week. And so the question that I just want to ask us as a church today, the question that I want to ask you and ask me, and, and hopefully God will just use this question in our church to see lives change in the years to come. I just want to ask us today, will you play your part? Will you play the part that God has for you to play, stay-at-home mom? Will you play your part, middle school student? Will you play your part, manager, CEO, wherever you're at at your stage of life? Will you play your part, senior adults? Will you play the part that God's got for you? And what I want to do today, really quickly, I want to give us three characteristics. Three characteristics that will be true about every one of us if we were to make ourselves available to God to, God today and say, God, I want to play my part. If you were to go to God today and to say, God, I want to play my part, then three things would be true about you. You would be three things. And I want you to see these, and I want you to write them down. You might even want to write them down in your Bible so that you'll never forget these three things that will be true about you more and more if you go to God today and make yourself available and say, God, I just want to play my part. Three things will be true about you. You'll be three things. The first thing you'll be is you'll be loving. You will be loving. Point number one, be loving. See, when John gives us this vision and God is saying that before his throne are people from every tribe, tongue, and language, God is telling us that, that he loves people different from you and me. Did you know that? God loves people with a different skin color than you. Did you know that? God loves people that don't do what you do. God loves people that live in a part of the country and in a part of the world where you'll never go. Did you know that God loves the addict? Did you know that God loves the broken? Did you know that God loves the sexually promiscuous person at work that's really searching for satisfaction and fulfillment? They think they'll find it in the next sexual experience, but really they'll only find it in Jesus. He loves them. God, God loves the student this morning that's so broken over life, they're just cutting themselves for release. God loves the person in the room whose marriage is falling apart. God loves the dad in the room who blows it with their kids. Did you know that God loves people who are far from him? But the question is, do we? God loves the addict. Do you? Or are they just dirty? They just need to suck it up and make better choices. Is that where you're at? God God loves the prostitute. Or is she just a... God loves fill in the blank. God loves people far from him. Do you? At one point, Jesus is asked, somebody comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in the law? 
In other words, they're saying, hey, Jesus, can you sum up what it looks like to be a follower of you? Can you give it to us maybe in a phrase we could tweet? 140 characters or less, Jesus. And Jesus does it. He says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and the next one is just like it. Somebody tell me what the next one is. Love your neighbor. Love God and love people. Somebody in the room says, well, I love God, but I don't really love people. You don't love God. You don't love people, you got a Jesus problem, you don't have a people problem. Because if you love Jesus, we talked about it last week, you should download it. If you love Jesus, you will love what Jesus loves. Jesus loves people. I just feel like somebody in the room needs to hear, Jesus loves you today. Did you know that? Jesus loves people. Do we? Because listen, let's be real, let's, be, let's get real serious this morning. I don't know what you came prepared for today, but this scene where men and women and children from every tribe, tongue, and language all over the world, all points of history, you, if you've got a relationship with Jesus, me, we're at Jesus' throne worshiping him for all of eternity. Did you know everyone does not go there? There is a heaven. And there's a hell. Did you know that? Say, well, I don't believe in hell, but I believe in heaven. You can't pick and choose. Jesus talked about hell more than heaven. If you're here, you don't believe in hell, but you believe in heaven, then you don't believe in heaven, and you also don't believe Jesus, because in effect, you're calling Jesus a liar. Hell is real. It's as real as hazard. It's as real as that chair you're in. It's eternity is not some metaphysical existence where we all get wings and get clouds and eat cream cheese all day. All dogs don't go to heaven. Did you know that good people go to hell every day? Did you know that people who enjoy church go to hell every day? Because you can enjoy church and not enjoy Jesus. There is a difference. Heaven is real. Hell is is real. And, and if we love God, if, we, if we've met Jesus Christ, the more we fall in love with him, the more that we will love what he loves, and he loves people. And if we want to step up and play our part, then it will begin to look like in our lives we will be loving. We will love what God loves. First thing, we'll be loving. If I'm going to play my part, I'll be loving. Next thing, we'll be loud. Number two, be loud. Can you say that real loud? Let's say it together. Be loud. Be loud. You'll be loving and you'll be loud. I'm good at this one. I don't know why you're laughing. Be loud. And listen, listen, listen. I don't mean be some jerky, moron Christian that just walks around arrogant, cocky, rude, and mean. Have you ever met them? Some of you, you left that church and you're here, right? Right? Listen, listen, listen. Because I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking today, let's all become jerky Christians. Listen, do you know why a lot of people don't go to church? Because they went to one one time, right? They went to one. They said, no thanks. I don't mean be loud and walk into Walmart today. Everyone is going to hell. You and I'll five, hell. That is not what I mean, all right? That is not what I mean at all. But here's what I do mean. If what we just sang about is true, then how much do we have to hate somebody not to tell them? If Jesus is the cornerstone of our lives and without him it's nothing, then how much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them? 
And I get pushed back all the time here. Mark, I don't know the Bible. I don't know everything, I don't know everything about the Bible. I don't know everything about the Bible. If that's the criterion, I quit. I'm out. I don't know everything about the Bible. Mark, what if I say the wrong thing? Mark, what if they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to? Mark, what if I mess it up? Mark, what if I hurt somebody? Mark, I don't know what's going to happen. You're telling me to be loud, but I've got all of these things. Listen to me. Did you know that God can use anything except your silence? Did you know that? God can use anything except your silence. So many Christians, they just, they just want to get to a place where, oh, you know what, if I could get to the place where I know the Bible enough, if I could get to the place where I could answer every question anybody would ever ask me. But did you realize that the best position you could ever be in where God could use you is the place where you are so uncertain, so insecure, so scared, so leaning on Him because if He doesn't come through your toast, listen, that's the best place for God to use you because in your weakness, He is strong. Don't try to become strong so you don't need Him anymore. If you're weak, own your weakness. You don't know a lot? There's the Holy Spirit of God that lives in you who wrote this. Trust in Him and watch Him use you in ways you could never imagine. I just think that the church has been loud about the wrong things, right? So many churches and so many Christians, they just look at the culture. They just look at lost people. Hey, why don't you get your act together? Why don't you stop doing that, man? You know what we need? We need to put the Ten Commandments on everything. Some of you just got ticked off. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to Summit. We need to put the Ten Commandments up on every place where we have some spare space on the wall. Ten Commandments will solve everything. People don't need the Ten Commandments. People need the one person who fulfilled the Ten Commandments, Jesus Christ, because God wrote the Ten Commandments to show us we need a Savior. We can't do it. We have fallen short. Jesus is the one man who fulfilled the law. He's the one man who fulfilled the Ten Commandments. If the world became moral today without Jesus, it is worthless. Morality, don't you ever, you're clapping, you're clapping. Listen, morality without Jesus sends people to hell all day. Did you know that? I'm a good person. Who told you that mattered? Who said that was the standard? Not Jesus. Be be loud. Say something. Open your mouth. Let God use you. There is someone in your life that can't afford you to be silent anymore. There's somebody in your life and they are long past the point where you can worry about what will they think about me. They're thinking, when are you going to say something? I'm drowning, man. Get loud in my life. If we make ourselves available to God, we'll be loving, we'll be loud. And number three, here's the last one. We will be bold. We'll be bold. Listen, you will never accomplish anything apart from boldness. Our church will never accomplish anything without boldness. Do you know what the number one thing is that will keep you from experiencing everything that God wants to do in your life? Fear. 
I'll never forget, I'll never forget we were, we, we were, we were in, we hadn't even started as a church and, and everybody was telling me, oh, a church like that in Hazard, nobody would ever come. 80% of church plants fail. That's what everybody had said. And I mean, I, inside I was still wishy-washy. Should we do it? Should we not do it? God, I'm so freaked out. And I read a book one time and it had this statement. It said this, one day we'll stand before God and in that moment we'll discover all the churches that would have been planted had it not been for fear. Think about this. I don't want to stand in front of God and find out everything that he would have done through my life had I not been afraid. Do you? Church, I don't want us to stand in front of God and all of a sudden in that moment we learn everything that God would have done through us, but we were too scared to pull the trigger. Be bold. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is in Acts chapter 4. Peter and John, it turns out, they're arrested for preaching about Jesus, and they're arrested. And before they're released from jail, they're told, if you speak about Jesus one more time, it's going to be bad. Shut up or else. And so all of the other Christians, it says in Acts chapter 4, all of the other Christians were praying for Peter and John. Peter and John go to where all the other Christians are praying, and they walk in. And do you know what they don't do when they begin to pray together? They, they start to pray, and they don't pray, Jesus, would you make the mean people go away? They don't get on Fox News and talk about how their rights have been violated. They don't lawyer up. They get together and they say, Jesus, you see every threat. You know everything that could happen. Make us bold. Make us bolder than we've ever been. You work, you move, but Jesus, let us be a bold people. Summit, I just believe that we've got a message that requires boldness. Do you believe that? I believe we've got a message that's too good to be silent about. I believe we've got a product that's way too good to keep to ourselves, and it's called Jesus Christ. It's called eternal life. It's called second chance. It's called freedom. I just think that built into our DNA needs to be boldness because we've got a Savior who was bold for us. That's why I'm challenging us as a church. You haven't listened to anything? Listen right now. That's why I'm challenging us as a church today, right now. I'm challenging us over the next week. Let's get loud. Let's get bold. Let's love like Jesus loves. And let's do whatever it takes to get people to church next Sunday. Let's invite. Let's call. Let's Facebook. Let's tweet. Let's text. Let's rent airplanes and put it in the sky. Get it tattooed on your forehead. I got a lot of room. I can invite a city on this thing, man. Let's do whatever it takes and let's position ourselves to be used by God in a way that we could have never dreamed. I don't know what's got you here today. I don't know what's got you coming in these seats. But here's what I know, and I just want to put this on the table because I just think it's helpful for everybody to lay their cards out. As long as I'm the pastor of this church, I will constantly make sure that our focus is on the broken, on the hurting, on the addict, on the prostitute, on the person that's not here. It'll always be that way around Summit. That's how we're going to roll. If you don't like it, you can have me shot. Pray God takes me somewhere else. Or we might need your seat.
Because I just believe that God's going to fill this place with people who need Him and God's going to do something we've never seen, but we've only read about. Let's do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Because we got a Savior who left heaven and He did whatever it took to save me. He knew all the times that I would doubt. And He knew all the times that I, that I would question Him. And he, would, he knew all the times that I would drop the ball. And He did it anyway. And He knew all the times that we would all think money is better. He loved us anyway. He knew all the times that we thought what we need is more square footage. What we really need is a deeper walk with Him. But He loved us anyway. Man, He did whatever it took. So today I'm challenging us to make ourselves available and say, God, I don't have a lot, but I will play my part. Because I believe that when we're before the throne of God, worshiping Jesus, I believe that in that moment, when Rick and the worship team is melting faces off and you're worshiping and there's Moses and Noah and this is awesome I just believe somebody's going to walk up to you that you've never met before and say hey you don't even know but you played the part in me being here next week we're taking up the lift up offering one of you are going to be worshiping at God's throne and all of a sudden somebody from Africa He's going to walk up to you. And you've never met him. But you gave. And because you gave, they're going to say, remember when you gave to that lift up offering and you provided clean water for me for a year? It changed my life physically and it gave me the opportunity to hear about Jesus. And I gave my life to Jesus. And I'm just here at God's throne. And I just saw you over here. I just wanted to say thanks for playing your part. Summit, let's play our part. Let's play our part. Would you pray with me? Jesus, there's just no time for this southern fried Christianity where all we do is go to church and then we live our lives the way we were going to live it anyway. Paying bills and raising kids and going after the American dream, but we strapped you along so that you can get us out of hell. That is from hell. That is the pit. Jesus, you didn't die for that. You died to turn our hearts upside down so that we would follow and go hard after you. Jesus, we just want to play our part. Just want to play our part. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, Summit, this, let's get real today. Let's get real. I think that every person in this room, every, every one of us, I think there's somebody that we know that we need to play the part for this week. I think God's laid somebody on your heart while I'm talking that you need to get with you to, get with you to church next week. You need to invite them to church. They might say no. They might keep saying no. Don't you dare give up on me. They give up on you. In fact, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, just letting me know by simply raising your hands, and this is, this is the moment between you and God. If you're here today and you have somebody that God's laid on your heart, somebody that you know, and you'd say, man, I think God wants me to play my part for that person. I think I need to invite them. That person in my life, 
doesn't know Jesus, and I'm thinking about them right now, in, 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 in their honor for them, would you raise their hand? Would you raise your hand right now? Say, I know somebody I need to invite next week. I know somebody I need to play the part for. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now if you know somebody you've got to do that for. Hands are up all over this house. Hands are up all over this room. Put your hands down. You begin to pray for that person right now. Pray for them by name. Pray for them by name. Maybe you're here today and you say, Mark, man, I used to really be passionate about the lost and I used to really want to see people come to Jesus. Would you pray for me, Mark? I need to, I need to love what God loves. Was there anybody here today, you're a Christian, you've got a relationship with Jesus, but you'd say, Jesus, I need to love the lost more. I want to love people the way that you love people. Would you, if that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Jesus, I want to love people the way that you do. Raise your hand. Hands are going up all over. I see those hands. I see those hands. Put your hands down. Somebody, you're here today, and God's been telling you, you need to share the gospel. You need to invite them, but you've been scared about what they think about you. And Jesus has spoken to you during this sermon and say, it's time to get loud. It's time to say something. If you're here today and you would just say, Mark, would you pray for me that this week I open my mouth and I say something for Jesus? Because before this moment, I've been really scared. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Nobody's looking. Mark, pray for me that I would say something and invite. Hands are going up. I see that hand. God bless you. If you're here today, you're a Christian. You say, Mark, I need prayer about boldness. I want to be bold. If that's your prayer this morning, Jesus, make me bold. Would you raise your hand? Hands are going up all over this room. Hands are going up all over this room. Here's what I want to do. I just want to give you a moment right now, right there where you sit. Do whatever you need to do to go to God and say, God, I'm available to play my part. Use me this week. go to God and you just talk to him about that. God, I want to play my part. Jesus, you didn't die for me to be on the sidelines. It's time to get on the get time, time to get in the game. But some of you are here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus and listen, we started this church for you. You're the reason why we're here. If you're here today and you don't know if you're a Christian, if you died today, maybe you don't know what would happen to you. You can know that you know that you know that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and that you'll spend eternity with him. And I invite you right now where you sit to pray this prayer silently. This is just between you and God. But the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So if you want to give your life to Jesus today and begin a relationship with him right there where you sit, doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, this is your time right here. Pray this prayer with me silently between you and God. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life save me. Make me new. I want to follow you and live for you to the best that I can from this moment on. If you just prayed that prayer, that's the biggest decision you've ever made and Jesus doesn't want you to make it alone. If you just prayed that prayer, Jesus doesn't want you to keep that decision to yourself. He wants you to to let somebody know about it. So I'm going to count to three, and no no heads are up, nobody's looking around, the lights are down, but I'm going to count to three. And if you just prayed that prayer, as soon as I say three, shoot your hand up to the sky. Don't even care what somebody thinks next to you. It doesn't matter. But as soon as I say three, if this is you, you say, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus, raise your hand fast and high. One, two, three, raise it up right now. Raise it up right now if that's you. Listen, if that's you and you want to talk to somebody about it, 
Do you want to just ask somebody about what it means to begin a relationship with Jesus? Or you know you've started one, you just need to share it with somebody. I want to challenge you. Get up and go to the back right now. That's available for anybody in the room. You need encouragement. You want to pray about that person you're going to invite. It scares you to death. You might have to talk to them this week. You get up and go. You just get up and go right now if you need to. That's available for anybody in the room right now. You just get up and do it at the sound of my voice. Don't wait. This is your time. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We love you. That you would invite us to be a part of what you are doing in the world. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. Jesus, we just want to play our part. Jesus, I just want to say Summit's not the best church. We just want to play our part. That's all we want to do. We just want to play our part. We position ourselves to be useful. Use us. In your name, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, listen, here's what I want you to do. And I told you, told you, can we get the lights to come up here just a moment? I told you I saved that prayer section on that card. Here's what I want you to do. I want, I want every person, if you have a connection card, if you have one, I want you to take that connection card and I want you to flip it over on the back right now. We're about to receive our offering, so everybody stay seated. Nobody move. We're about to receive our offering. This is a big moment, what we're doing right now. But all of our ushers can come and get in place. Listen, any decision, any decision you you made today, you let us know about it. If you made the decision to give your life to Jesus, we want to know. You made the decision, you want to get baptized, let us know. Our ushers are getting in place. But here's what I want you to do in that section on the back of your connection card where we give you the opportunity to put prayer requests. Write down as many names as possible of people that you know that need Jesus. Go ahead and do it right now. Just go ahead and begin to write it. Because when these offering baskets are going around, you can put your cards in those baskets or you can give them to guest service volunteers as you leave. But I want you to fill up those cards or at least put a name on the card. Mark, I'm praying this person comes with me next week. Give us those cards back so that we can pray for that person and you this week. And listen, we're receiving our offering at this time. You make any, any preparations you need to. The reason we take up an offering every week is because of everything we just said. Because we want to play a part in changing lives. And so right now, our ushers are going to begin to pass the baskets and you give as God leads you to give today. Next week, go ahead and begin to pass those guys. You can drop those cards in there if you've got that filled out. If not, hang on to it and give it to one of our volunteers as they leave. But next week, we are receiving our Lift Up offering. And I'm, I'm challenging you as a church to have the conversation this week. God, how you want me to give? Maybe you need to talk to your spouse, your family, whatever it is. God, how do you want us to give next week? Because next week, 100% of what you give goes to the Lift Up offering. It goes to helping our church get to the place where we have 1,000 people at Summit every week. It goes to, to serving our city during the Be the Change initiative that we're going to do in May like, like our city and region has never seen. It goes to planning new churches, one specifically in Barberville, like Summit, that can impact people. And it goes to providing a 1,000 people in Africa with clean water. And we're taking that up in both services next week and just invite you to be a part of that. Invite you to be a part of that. But Summit, I'm challenging us. Let's play our part this week. All right? Let's thank God for this opportunity we've had to be here today. Man, this has been awesome. I believe that God's met with us, and I want to challenge you. Pray big this week. Pray bold this week. 
and let's do whatever it takes to get people here next Sunday. Now watch this. When you leave, out there in the lobby, there's a bake sale. In the bake sale, all of those proceeds go to the March of Dimes. And Sherry Cornett, who's a, a great part of Summit, uh, her and her family, they've been through a, 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 uh, just a real trial uh, recently. And 100% of the proceeds of the bake sale and everything from March of Dimes that Summit does goes to the team that they've started in honor of her babies. And so so visit that as you leave today, that bake sale out there. I believe there's already people out there. And if you're a first-time guest, make sure to let us know you're here today. You can let us know on that card. Check that box. But visit the connection table out there to the right. We've got a free gift for you. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Look at the person next to you and say, I'll see you next week. Go ahead, tell them. I'll see you next week. And look at him and say, look at him and say, you better bring somebody. Nine o'clock, 11. Nine o'clock, 11. Let's all say it together. Nine o'clock, 11. Be there. God's going to move. It's going to be great. Our band's playing us out. Summit, I love you. Come ready for God to move next Sunday. Thanks, guys.